You've tuned into another episode of Radio Free HPC, the show where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and a variety of high-tech topics. I'm Dan Olds from Intersect 360 Research, joined as always by my co-hosts, Henry Newman of Seagate Government Solutions, Shaheen Khan from Orion X, and our near-millennial standout, Jesse Lanham. In association with our media partner, HPC Wire, let's get on with the show. I'm Dan Olds. I'm always Dan Olds. And we have a full crew today, first time in a while. We have Jesse from West Lafayette. How you doing, Jesse? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Dan? I'm okay. Thank you. Appreciate you asking. We've got Shaheen down in the valley. How's it going, Shaheen? Excellent, Dano. Excellent. Beautiful weather. Very nice. Wish we had some of that up here. And we have Henry Newman speaking from his survivalist compound, rammed earth, 21 and a half inches worth in Las Cruces, New Mexico. How's it going, Henry? It's doing great, Dan, but uh, two things wrong. It's not Las Cruces, and it's only 21 inches, not the half. I thought I measured it out at a half. Uh, then you're incorrect. 21 and a half. You might have measured it, but your memory is faulty. faulty. Just saying. Need to bring calipers down next time. Okay. I'll remember that. <laughs> So what's been going on in HPC? Well, the big story today and, you know, for a while has been the UK Met Office buying a billion dollar, as they put it in the headline, Microsoft system, but they're just buying a whole hell of a lot of Azure credits. And it looks like Microsoft will be installing, well, whatever systems they want for that. Actually, what is how does the payment work for this? Isn't cloud like pay as you go? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. This is a 10-year certain deal. So this is like a reserve capacity, but are they like paying up front net present value or I'm going to bet Well, first of all, I don't know that it really matters if you're the met. I think most government organizations just sort of get the money and pay it. Hmm. But this is a big big deal. Uh, it's going to be a total of 1.2 billion pounds investment, which Very nice. a pound is a lot, and it makes the headline a little off. By the way, it's less than a kilo, Dan. It is less than a kilo. <laughs> yes, well put. We are a helpful but American they've got some sort of They've got some sort of metric shekel or something like that. It's pound sterling. Worth, I don't know, more than a dollar is all I know. Enough to make London, the most expensive city I've been to in recent times. So this is a big set of boxes that's going to deliver 18x improvement over their current triple Cray solution, which are about six to seven petaflops each. But Dan, 18x over what period of time? An initial install, or you know, when when's the 18x achieved? That's going to be in the second half of the contract. And is it, is it 18x across all four of the systems that they're saying that they want? Like total? 18x total. Okay. total. Yes. Yeah. And they're going to immediately see a 6x increase. That's a big number. Right. Yeah. That but, but is, is a big 6X, number. 6x on Limpack, what's it going to do for the weather models and what model improvements can they have and get, get it out in the required amount of time. And that's, that's the issue in weather. 
Well, they're, they're talking. They're, they're talking about it in terms of weather. Six being yeah, six. Yeah, they've got two of their systems that they're asking well, they're for are for forecasting, and then third is for a research system. That's this yeah. current system. Yeah. No, no. This is, I think, what they're envisioning to use the four systems as. Or is that the is current, current one? one? Current one is three. And then, current okay. one is three. One for research. Two for failover. Right. Okay. Then what's what's the uh, additional? extra one is going to be then that they want uh they had a coupon yeah, that's it. What, like, when they bought this <laughs> buy three one, get well, one, one free. Of research and one fun it's their minecraft well store. it's going to give them is they're saying in here it's going to give them a bit more flexibility okay. when they want to patch yes yeah, and that's always a problem patching things in operational systems and flipping between research and the two op systems in case one goes down that's always a challenge yes Yes, this is, and it goes all the, the way to 2030. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this has got to be, I mean, this is absolutely the biggest deal for Azure, but this has got to be one of the biggest cloud deals ever. So basically if you're selling supercomputing, you don't have to call on the Met office anytime soon. No, no. I think you're, you can go ahead and take that off your prospect list. <laughs> yeah. If you're a salesperson in London, go ahead and take the Met off your list until I Not don't know, 2029? Yeah, usually those procurements take two years. So you should start in 27 for a 28 procurement. Yeah, and, and that's actually one of the biggest pushes behind this, they said, is that, you know, it's average of two years to procure a new supercomputer, another year to bring it up. And what they're saying is that with this, they will be able to change their approach and spend a lot less time buying the supercomputer and more time using them. But I don't know. Microsoft's got to build these things. Well, Cray is giving that giving. Well, it to Cray. Them. Yeah, right. Cray's got to build these things. Microsoft's got to integrate them. I don't see any magic there. That's still going to take some time to get 36 petaflops to 42 petaflops up. I mean, that's what they're looking at. That's not that quick. So it'd be interesting to know how much of the system is like cloud services and how much of it is just hosting the Cray system. Well, the way saying, I read it, it sounds like it's hosting yeah, the Cray system. Yeah, they're talking system. about four systems that are hosting the offsite. And then they're saying that there's going to be two each at two different data centers in the southern part of the UK. Right. And of course, the systems have to be in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. For data sovereignty issues well right? it has to be in the uk yes. for, for because it's latency well, too it's, a, it's also well not necessarily but it has to be in the uk because it's uk money it's not EU money yeah. anymore it's uk money and they have to have you know it's like any government it's got to be you know in that country from a money perspective yeah, yeah but if it's way cheaper like if power is way cheaper like in iceland why not put it there if it weren't for data sovereignty you know, issues, it's right? has, it, the, most countries require. Most countries are going to insist on it being in their Why? country. Why would they do that? Because it gives them local jobs and that exactly. sort of stuff. Because one of the things that they're doing here is they're estimating 13.7 billion in socioeconomic benefits from the 1.2 billion investment, which just sounds wildly large well, but that what sounds do I know? like the way they justified it to the politicians why yes that's brilliant there you go yeah it is but you know as henry said weather is kind of a tricky business 
and they're going to be doing something like 200 terabytes a day of processing, which they expect is going to go up. They do that today. It's going to go up 5x with the first generation upgrade and another two and a half times X midway through the contract. So that's a petabyte a day that you're going to have to archive. Uh-huh. It's a lot. Is well, this is going to have a process. What do you do with that petabyte a day? Well, that, that's usually the input that's data. That's processing. Is it processing or input data? I'm going to say processing. Well, then Not input clear, must be though. even bigger. Actually, uh, doesn't 200 terabyte a day For One petabyte sound, a day. Well, yeah, it's gonna be one petabyte. I bet that's input. Yeah. I think I think that's the that's the, the observational data that they use for input and initial conditions for the water. Just a better precision of predictions, I see. And uh, the great uh, thing about that is it'll be even easier to predict rain in London. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I also point out, Dano, that thirteen point seven billion in socioeconomic benefits for a 1.2 billion investment is not exactly 4,000% ROI. <laughs> no, it is not. Well, that's the next thing they should ask is, why is this not 4,300% return? Really? Because we've heard you can get 4,300% on your dollar in HPC bonds when you buy Excuse HPC. Me, it's not dollars, it's pounds. Metric shekel from now on. Still, refer. The, same, <laughs> the same thing The same thing holds, Henry. Just, that, I just want... I, Damn. A major, a major analyst firm proved that you can get 4,300% on your investment in HPC. But they didn't know, Dan, remember they said can, they didn't say shall, it's can, there's the possibility. It's gospel now, Henry. That's the, uh, probably, that, that is kind of like the number that we said when we created, this is our, our processing power on the Cray 1, which is 166 megaflops. This is a number you can get, but we guarantee you can exceed. Okay. Then, Henry, would I be, would I be wrong if I had bought that system to, get, to expect to get half that? Depends on your application, remember? A quarter what, of that, Henry. How about a quarter of that? It depends on your application. We'd be happy to work no, with I you to right. achieve if the most say- you can <laughs> with the application. If they say can, that means it could be negative. Well, if, if they it say can, the can't well, yeah. we just pick any old random I, number we so choose and be like, well, it was close enough. Well, anything, yes, anything under 4,300%. So if I'm the Met, I'm going to be going back to these guys and saying, hey, look, I should be getting at least 2,150% return on investment on this. 2,150% investment. Yeah. Okay. That's half. Yes. It does yeah. make the question of you got to be able to do better than that, couldn't you? Well, with tuning. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Right. See, that's where benchmarking comes in. That's where if benchmarking they had Henry, comes in. That thirteen point seven could have been doubled. <laughs> yes, I, I doubt. That's it. right. The, the forty three hundred. I don't do financial benchmarking. Yeah, I thought I knew a little something about that, but uh, I'm pretty much a piker when it comes to numbers. I found through reading that report that uh, yeah, wow. Anywho, so cool thing. And I guess I have to ask this question. Is there any reason why nobody should ever be online ever, Henry? There's always a reason, Dan. Every week it just gets better. <laughs> well, last time it was why nobody should ever use try and use gasoline ever on the East Coast because of rampant <laughs> ransomware. 
And I think, do you have a, a new reason or do you have an update on that one? I think we should talk about the update. And we did talk a little bit about Jesse. Jesse was very funny in the pre-call. That, you know, the fact that they paid $5 million. <laughs> what? I just said she wasn't that funny. But <laughs> I thought she yeah. was. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your rotten fruit. Dan. You're more machine than man. <laughs> and, Jesse is, and Jesse is trying to get to the same place. Becoming so. a machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cyborg is in my future, kids. You, got the you know what? The one. buzz cut's cute. Thank you very much. You're bald, not by choice, so. <laughs> buzz cut is cute if you're in Rosemary's Baby, which you'll have to look up to see yeah, what kind right. of burn that was. So, so, so we will both have to look it up, Jesse. Oh, see? Way. Company, Dan. Yeah. All right. So the fact that they paid five million dollars in ransom is was very upsetting to me, and that's not. And that was unknown. That was unknown in our last show. It was unknown, and it's now confirmed. And to me, that is because they're paying the ransom. It proves that they did not have the ability to recover from a catastrophic event. It goes back to what I said: is this has to be dealt with by the stockholders. That's the only way yes. this problem is going to be solved. The stockholders and the insurance companies. And yes. that's the, way, the only way we're going to solve this ransomware problem. And then the stockholders just need to wipe out the executive management. Yeah, the thing that bothered me too, Henry, is that they were covered by malware insurance up to $15 million. And if you can just you know put in a claim with State Farm for this, I don't think that really helps correct behavior. Yeah, and $15 million doesn't even touch the tip of the iceberg on what the actual cost was besides the $5 million. The actual cost was, is going to be, you know, to forget, forget the cost to the, the, the country. I'm just thinking the internal cost is going to have to be, you know, 20 or 30 or $40 million to recover from this event. Which is going to be cranked up onto consumers. Henry, has Correct. it been root caused? Do they know exactly what happened yet? They, I'm sure yeah. they. I'm sure they know. They haven't said because this goes back to yeah. It hasn't been disclosed. But well, they've mean, been ransomware. We know. Who, we know it's been. There's been a number of articles on who did it and how how they got the money and the fact that they closed down. It's kind of interesting. But the, the real issue that I've been harping on is no one is taking action to. Let's say you do get hacked, like I did. I was up and running in less than you know an hour. Why? Why can't? Because you had a proper backup. I had a proper backup that was offline. And Henry has a disaster recovery plan. Yes. Which I'm going to assume these guys have, but they never tested it. That's right. Because you're afraid to test it because it might suck. But I thought there's a (laughs) compliance requirement that you have to do like annual verification test. Um, I guess could, not. That could be a certified oxygen requirement, but you know. You wave your arms at it. You bring in a consultant to say, well, yes, I uh, do certify that these yeah. systems passed. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what yeah. the, the certification is. It's, it's just a even, cop out. You know, it entails. Well, it certainly doesn't entail actually doing a real disaster test. It entails, I'm going to bet, auditing their systems and yeah you got a backup there so okay, i'd be interested great. to see the discrepancy drive, between what is considered good. an appropriate level testing for these sort of systems versus the type of, of threats we end up seeing 
And, and the other thing that I think is the big issue is what is the defined recovery time objective for a critical infrastructure site versus what is the what is the need for recovery time objective? So a critical infrastructure site, the recovery time objective ought to be minutes at most hours. And in the recovery time objective coming back from tape for this wasn't, you know, it's days to weeks. That's why they paid the ransomware according to the articles I've read. And that's the problem here. Even after they paid the ransomware and they got their, they did get their keys back, they still couldn't recover. What was, what was the issue they there still then? struggle. And that goes back to I, I, bad I, IT. No, I, I it does sound I like they just... We don't not, know. But don't you, aren't you able to like say that top level that they were not sufficiently staffed up or resourced in cybersecurity? Oh, absolutely. No, we no, don't you know can't, you don't, you can't say that either. You can't say that either because they could have been under management directive not to do things given costs. You don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's what I kind of took Shaheen's thing to, to mean is that they weren't taking cybersecurity as seriously as they should have, and as hopefully the new management will. But I don't think they're going to be bouncing I just think that out. if you're operating what is considered, quote, critical infrastructure, end quote, that's a pretty grave responsibility. Yeah, I mean, they supplied a huge portion of the gas. Right? Yeah, to the I mean, if coast. the Feds can take over your business because you're critical infrastructure, that implies that you don't really skimp on certain things like cybersecurity or security in general, physical security too. I would agree. Stop those guys smoking <laughs> out like those pipelines. Even around, right outside the, you know, mesh wire fences. Yeah. Uh, we're just we're just filling up the truck. You got to smoke. Yeah, interesting. Very and sad. sad. Yes, and outraging. I am I'm too. outraged. Yes. So to calm us down, let's go ahead and take a look at. The catch of the week. All right. So for SC21, they're introducing this new program that they're calling the HPC Immersion Program. Well, this is actually the second, second version. Second of it. version. They did it last yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. no one improved. But there was no one there last Exa year. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, come in, come in person is the, kind of the point of this. Oh, I see. And so I, I really like it. I haven't been part of it. I wasn't part of it last year, but I like the idea of it. And it's something that I would have really enjoyed. And it's sort of this idea that you get guided through the SC tech program. And they're also providing housing, stipends for meals, registration for the tech program, access to the workshops, the whole nine yards for that. I think that it's a dandy idea and I would have loved to have participated in this. Um, let's see here. When is the deadline closed for this? Da -da -da -da. June 28th. It has been extended. It has been extended. So if you listen to our podcast and you know some sort of undergraduate first time person that would love to attend and, and get more of not their handheld, but guided through in a way that I would have loved. And I think a lot of other people would have do, uh, do let them know that this is a thing for them. Mm, very good. Uh, what do you got, Henry? Well, Elon Musk in the news again, I'm sure everyone's heard this, but it's interesting to me that he is now realized that mining cryptocurrencies could have a negative impact on the environment given the amount of electricity is used but i guess solar and solar wasn't considered and electric cars weren't considered in his analysis how much do you think he how much time do you think he spent he spent on that analysis uh, here's a hot take question know. henry do you think that tesla's going to announce their own cryptocurrency i hadn't thought about that maybe 
Isn't that Dodge <laughs> I, I, Coin? I guess kind he's of the his? patron saint of the meme. He's coin, like the main guy. So yeah. he's going against the community here, Which, so to say, because the. He's going against the no, Bitcoin the community, community in general. Well, yeah. When he made that, when he made that announcement, just like everything just dropped. Well, I know, and that's what makes me so skeptical well, of it as actually, a real currency. There are there 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 are different perspectives on what has caused the drop in cryptocurrencies, and certainly some accounts that are relatively credible don't include his tweets at all. That, that it just kind of follows the cycle that it but would I feel have. like Elon's, also, Elon's tweets, I feel like the they have a huge impact, especially on Dogecoin. On Dogecoin, yes, because he pumped it when he said he's coming in. And I think he's managed to keep it higher than it otherwise would have been. But it also hasn't got to like a dollar that everybody thought it might. It kind of reached something like 70 cents and it dropped back down to like, you know, 40 or whatever it is now. But there was also a, an inflation scare in the market. And the actual, actual Wall Street came down a little bit. And that, I think, all the ripple effects of that was going to immediately be visible in the crypto world. And it was. So at least, you know, myself and a few others believe that that really was the reason, that the tweet was opportune, you know, social media activity rather than it was not, it was correlated, but not causation, right? I think the whole inflation scare is a little panicky when they start talking about Weimar I Republic hyperinflation. And also it was not, if you double click on what caused the inflation, it was in part really an indication of things starting to get back to normal in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still a hell of a lot of underused capacity out there in manufacturing and in pretty much everything because of the COVID. Now, you know, given that we so, don't yeah. offer economic or, you know, financial or legal advice of any sort, it is at least not, not even implicitly. explicitly. <laughs> it is notable that <laughs> if you read between the lines, it is notable that yeah. just as the pandemic starts being tackled, fingers crossed, in the US first and in other places soon, fingers crossed it is going to cause an economic uptick without a, without a doubt, right? Yeah. And we're going to have, they call it in Wall Street terms, climbing a wall of worry, uh -huh. which is that people keep decrying, looking for the next crisis. Oh, I see. <laughs> and now it's inflation. Yeah, you, know, you want to be. And actually, stagflation is what they're talking about, which was horrible in the 70s. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So, Shaheen, what fresh hot take do you have as your catch of the week? I do have a fresh hot take. Uh, there's, there's some news out a couple of days ago that HPE is intending to replace Flash, basically. With memristors? I will. Well, it does not say, it does not say the word memristor. They promised so... me those for more than a decade. Oh yes, yay, exactly. That was the promise that they that they didn't deliver on for 18 months. Every 18 months I'd have a briefing about it. Right. I think so we're starting up quote is a, <laughs> The quote is a bit of a typo it seems because the, the the date of the article is May 14th, 2021, but the quote itself says in 2014 possibly or certainly by 2015. I think that means 2024. Or certainly by 2025, we will have a competitor for DRAM, and then we'll replace SRAM. Whoa, whoa! Flash is a flash is a done deal. Now we're going after DRAM, and we think we can do two orders of magnitude improvement 
in terms of switching energy per bit. Mm. Okay, now that sort of improvement doesn't sound cheap, no. but it sounds and, really interesting. And where's the fab? Well, that's the other thing is that, <laughs> you know, the, the, it, says, it says the HP technology allows the memory layers to be put directly on top of the processor layer, making for very fast systems on chip, which is kind of really nice. But then whose who's CPUs are going to put them on and who's going to be doing that? So that obviously requires some collaboration that require with some CPU manufacturers. CPU pins to be coming out the top to attach to memory? Or maybe it's all just induction. I don't know. Yeah. I've, <laughs> huh. Huh. Yes, I think it would be a 3D structure that somehow is... Uh... Now, people are already doing processor in memory. People are already doing processor at memory, where you, know, you just have to eliminate the bus altogether sort of a thing. So there are, they are trying to do faster and faster memory. So putting it, laying it on top seems like a really cool, interesting idea by itself. Yeah, you'd have to be, I mean, they're in close partnership with Intel and ARM and AMD, but you're going to have to have one of them sign up. Actually, I, I, I just noted the paragraph that I had missed, and it is indeed Membrister. Yay! Yes, the, the, the HP's approach is Membrister, thin film technology, which it allows to stack an arbitrary number of layers oh, I like. with 500 billion Membristers per layer at 5 nanometers. Arbitrary. I like that. As many as you want, even numbers, odd numbers, prime numbers, doesn't matter. That's I just like prime numbers. Of, I know you do. <laughs> what's your budget? That's what's going to limit that, Yeah, budget limited. Going to be an interesting cooling problem, but detail. That's a detail. But I'm finally getting minor my, detail. That's, yeah, that's a minor detail. Okay, yeah. my catch of the week: Asian student cluster competition just closed. They had a record 28 total teams. Yeah, uh, Tsinghua won the on-prem edition of it, which isn't really surprising. They've won more cluster competitions than any university in history, probably in the galaxy, as far as we know. National Tsinghua University won the online division they used AWS for. They had some tough applications. They had to do a quantum simulator. They had to do pulsar detection with, and I think you'll love this, the software was composed of Fortran, C++, C, and Python with other stuff too. That's all in one application. One of the kids looked at the last update on the Fortran piece of it, and it was before he was born. And they had to optimize that pile of sludge. Do not say disparaging things about Fortran. <laughs> I'm not. No, no, again. no. Ever again. Dude, Ever again. Dude, dude, I was saying disparaging things, but my disparagement of, of it is the Python piece. Oh, I thought you were calling Fortran sludge. No, I was calling it old. And that it hadn't been updated and someone needs, maybe Jesse, if you've got some time, go out there and write a new Pulsar that's, program to detect that's gonna Pulsars. That's going to be a no for me. Because this one's old and, and hoopty. This, is, this needs a replacement. This is begging for a replacement. Let's do it all in one language. I don't care which one except not Python. Oh, that may be too late. Because I hear a Henry S. Newman complaining about Python and HPC all the time. Well, Python is more like a glue. Yeah? Doesn't scale, though, you does know, it? Or perform well? Well, if you use it just as glue, maybe it's okay. It maybe. just sort of 
traffic cop. Mm. I, I think we, I think we need to move on. We do. I because I, I'm getting I'm feeling I'm feeling bad about Fortran. Okay. <laughs> I see. The motivation here is 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 protect Fortran. Okay, we have a safe space for we Fortran do. here. We do. Well, let's go ahead on that note and call this an episode of Radio Free HPC. Thank you all for listening. We do still have a contest going for a fantastic prize package, and you will see that link here at the blog. But really, all it is is just send us a damn email, right? Just send us an email. And you will get a prize package if you are number 29. And that is that email address is podcast at Radio Free HPC. And even if you don't win, just say hi, right? Would that kill you just to say hi? Really? Okay. Well, stay safe, get vaccinated, and we will talk to you on the next Radio Free HPC. Yay! Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. Reach out to us on email at podcast at Radio Free HPC or via Twitter at Radio Free HPC. As a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thanks again for listening.